0: Hey there, and welcome to Lively Conversations, brought to you by Table 112. Whether you're at the table, in the car, or wherever you are, we hope to inspire meaningful talks about life between parents and teens. I am your host, Dana, and today my guest is Gerald Fadiomi. Buckle up, because we are talking about adversity today, and we all face difficult times. We all face things that are hard and big challenges. I don't usually say this, but grab a pen. Grab a pen and a piece of paper because you're going to want to jot down some of the wisdom that Gerald drops in this episode. It is so good. I mean, I was there for the interview and when I went back and edited the episode, I literally sat in my office and cried because the things that he said just spoke to my heart right where I am today. So without any further ado, let me tell you a little bit more about who he is. Gerald serves as the president and founder of the Stella Initiative. It's an organization that mobilizes young adults to serve through service-based conferences called For God So Loved Tour. Gerald is the author of When Life Hands You Lemons, and we will get into that today. He also wrote Before You Go, which is a resource designed to help students follow Jesus and grow in their faith after high school. And Gerald also co-authored Starting Now, which is a devotional for college freshman, which Justice read when he started school last fall. Gerald spent three years doing nonprofit work and four years as a student pastor. He is happily married to his beautiful wife, Kylie, and they just had identical twin girls. He loves cheering on LeBron James and browsing through the Sneakers app. Let's jump into my lively conversation with Gerald. Gerald, welcome to Lively Conversations. I'm so glad to have you with us today. I always love to kick things off with a super random, uh, oh my gosh, why can't I think of the word, a super random question. So here's my question for you today. And all of us are kind of feeling like this itch to get out and to go do things. So if you could go on a road trip with any person, whether they're um, alive or dead, it doesn't matter, who would you choose and where would you go?
1: Gosh, uh, well, we'll get to this in a little bit, but I just had identical twin baby girls. And so right now, it's my wife without my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I would go anywhere with her right now. now. um, let me think, man. Okay, this is going to be like, kind of sad, but I'll be honest. So a couple okay. years ago, I was supposed to meet Robbie Zacharias. Mm-hmm. And I had to go to a camp for the church that I was working at. And so the day that he had available was the day that we were driving down to camp. So we're supposed to reschedule. And uh, obviously, he passed earlier this week. And so um, I have not, I never got the chance to meet him. So if I could pick one person that I could drive on a long road trip with, I would drive to California and back to get as much time with him as possible and just pick his brain and learn. So Robbie Zacharias would be my person for
0: sure. That's awesome. And you're in the Atlanta area, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that would, that would be a long road trip. You'd probably hit Houston on your way. So I'd hope you guys would stop and say hi. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. So, uh, why don't you give us a little bit of, um, background about who you are and then we'll jump into the conversation that we have today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, like I said, my name is Joe Fatiomi. I'm married. Uh, my wife's name is Kylie. We have identi- identical twin baby girls, Wesley Grace and Zoe Faith. They are two months old, and they're the greatest in the world. Um, I spent five years on staff as a high school pastor in Atlanta at a pretty big church up uh, here called North Point, um, and then transitioned off of staff uh, to travel, speak, write, um, and then also to launch a couple initiatives for college and young adults. So we do a conference every year for college and young adults, and then we also do a monthly gathering called church um, at a church called Mountain Lake in Atlanta as well. So yeah, that's me.
0: That's really awesome. All right. So today we're going to talk through some things about adversity. And just because some of our listeners are, are much younger, they're middle schoolers, and that may be kind of an unfamiliar term to them. Can yeah. you like, help us define what do you mean when you're talking about adversity and what don't you mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Webster's definition of adversity is simple. It's difficulties. Um, So when I say adversity, all I really mean is this. Any obstacle in life that you did not see coming that's affecting you in a negative way. So that could be anything, right? It could be something in terms of your family. It could be something when it comes to school. It could be in a friendship, just an obstacle that shows up that you did not see coming. It affects your life in a negative way. And now you have to respond to it. That's what I mean by adversity.
0: Definitely. Yeah, that uh, that encompasses a lot of things that uh, both parents and teenagers would face. And certainly the entire world. We're, we're recording this in late May. Uh, the entire world is facing adversity right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, So, tell us a little bit about the project that you've been working on.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I wrote a book called When Life Gives You Lemons. Uh, The subtitle is Three Must Ask Questions for Navigating Seasons of Adversity. Um, The book is also paired with uh, an online course that I've recorded with a licensed professional counselor named Hannah Hall. Um, one of the things that we've discussed is that when adversity hits, anxiety can be a byproduct. And uh, being a pastor, a communicator, I am not uh, skilled or have the knowledge base to tackle anxiety. And so I asked a professional counselor to come in and say, hey, will you help us with that as kind of a an addition, a compliment to the book? And so those two projects will release on June 15th, uh, which if you're listening to this, they're already out, which is pretty amazing. Um, But yeah, the book uh, came out of a season of adversity for me, actually multiple. I just have a crazy life. Um, I wish I was not an expert in this space, but Mm -hmm. probably the only thing that I know a lot about is adversity. So just a quick rundown. Um, My mom and dad were never married. My dad left in the third grade. Uh, My mom is a diagnosed schizophrenic, which led to seasons of homelessness uh, and foster care for me. Um, my mom ended up actually going to jail my junior year in high school. And so from 16 years old till now, I've been on my own um, adulting, figuring out how to be an adult. Uh, I became a club promoter uh, at the age of 18 and through parties in the city of Atlanta for three years. And the third year of doing that, I had three friends who were murdered. One friend commits suicide. Mm-hmm. And that's what led me to ask questions about my life and faith. Um, that ultimately led me to the church, North Point, that I worked at for five years, Um, I got saved there, started volunteering there, got involved there, and then eventually got hired there. Um, I also met my wife at North Point. In the first year of our marriage, her dad um, took his own life unexpectedly. It was extremely difficult, another season of adversity for us. Um, Within a couple of days of that, I actually had to bail my mom out of jail for the second time. extremely difficult. And then as of recent, um, my girls who were born during the coronavirus pandemic, um, I ended up not being able to be present for their birth because I had a a standing or an outstanding coronavirus test. They told me 48 hours before I got the results. And in the middle of those 48 hours, my wife went into labor. And so she had the girls on her own. Um, She had to have the coronavirus test as well. And because of that, she could not see them or hold them. And then it ended up being another three week span in the middle of that, that we didn't see them or weren't able to be with them because of restrictions at the hospital. And so in the first month, we saw our girls for four days. And so- adversity has been a part of my story and the reality is for me, most of my life I've responded poorly to it Um, and I've asked the wrong questions. And so this time around, I felt like the Lord revealed to me a message that I preached a few years ago. He just reminded me of, of some of the things that were true from the life of Joseph that helped me respond differently this time, but then also led me to write this book, hoping that maybe some of the things that I've learned through my seasons of adversity will help others as they navigate theirs as well.
0: Wow, what a what a story. I almost feel like I have whiplash just because of the depth and the breadth of all the things that you've mentioned that you've been through. So, uh thank you for sharing your story with us and I hope that as parents and students are listening to this that they'll be inspired by what they hear mm-hmm. as you share about how you found you found hope in Jesus. Yep. So, So you've talked a little bit about asking the right questions, and you've talked about uh, looking at the life of Joseph. Can you share with us some of those right questions that we should ask when life throws this tough stuff at us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the goal of the book is twofold. There's two overall goals, and this isn't stated in the book, but I get to talk about it, so it's fun. These are the two goals of the book. (laughs) One is for us to slow down and not respond the way that we typically respond to adversity, which is usually with the question, why? Why is it happening to me? Why hasn't God done anything about this? As for coronavirus, why weren't we more prepared for this? Why did this have to happen to us? Uh, For seniors that I've been talking to, that's the question that they ask often. And so we tend to ask the question why when we face seasons of adversity. The goal is to not be responsive, but to slow down and ask the right questions so that we can actually get the most of the difficult seasons that we're in. Um, but then two, the goal is to redefine the word good. So I'm gonna redefine good for us and then I'll go back and give us the three questions that I think we should ask in these seasons. These are three of the, the key chapters in the book. Redefining good. So uh, for me, most of my life, good has been anything that goes according to my plan and my purpose, right? Uh, if things are going my way, then it's Mm -hmm. all good. I think oftentimes as Christians, uh, and if you're not familiar with this verse, you should go and read it, we misquote what Paul wrote in Romans 8.28. We say that for God works all things together for the good of those who have been called according to, and we like to fill in the blank with our purpose, but the scripture says his purpose. So in understanding what Paul is saying, we first need to understand, well, what is his purpose? What is God's purpose for you and for me? Well, God's purpose for us is really twofold. It's one, to be conformed into the image of his son. So to make that really simple, to be more like Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. Two is to make disciples or to make that more simple, to lead other people to know Jesus. And so if the purpose of God for anyone who follows him is for us to become more like Jesus and lead other people to know Jesus, then that allows us to zoom out of really hard situations and go, okay, this is painful. This is hard. I wish this wasn't happening, but this is good. Because the end result of this is I become more like Jesus because he suffered, so I suffered. And the end result of this means I have an opportunity to share what I've gone through to help other people experience the goodness of God. And so when we start to look at our adversity through the purposes of God, it's a lot easier for us to define it as good. Now, getting there requires us to ask the right questions. So here are three questions to ask in seasons of adversity. The first is what's in my control? What's in my control? I think it's easy to put our head down and try to run through a season when something's really hard or really difficult. We just kind of want to get through it and be done with it. And oftentimes we feel helpless and it causes anxiety. It causes stress. It feels like there's nothing that we can do. The reality is there's probably more in our control than we realize, but the bigness of the situation causes us to miss it. And so one of the exercises that we talk about in the book is what if you sat down? wrote out all of the things that are concerning you or all of the things that make you anxious or nervous or you're having a hard time within the season in that situation. And then circle the things that are in your control. Maybe things like your attitude, maybe things like, a conversation that needs to be had with someone. It may be how often you journal about it or pray about it, right? Like there are things that are in our control. So we do the things that we've circled, the things that are in our control. We do those to the best of our ability. And then we trust God with the rest, with the things that are concerning us. So we slow down and ask the question, what's in our control? The second question is how can I grow because of this? And I have this quote in the book that says this, I don't want to get through it. I want to grow from it. The reality of seasons of adversity, whenever you go through something really hard, is the end result can be that you become better because of it. Or the end result can be that the situation causes you to be worse, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. My
1: my goal is to always be better. (laughs) I want to be a better version of me. I want to be a better husband, a better dad, a better friend, a better son. Like, I want to be the best version of me that I can possibly be. I want to be more like Jesus. And so in a hard season, instead of just going, I want to be done with this. Like, let's be done. I'm going to go, no, 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 no. Okay, God, what do you want to teach me? how can I grow? What should I have done differently? Um, What are some things that you're trying to break in me or develop in me or grow in me so that the end result of this is I become more like you? And then the final question is, who can I help because of this? And as Christians, Dana, we're the best at asking this question, honestly. I don't know that there's another people group who ask this question more than us. Like, who can I help because of what I've gone through? The thing about Christians, though, is that we've been trained to ask that question at the end of the story. So once everything's good and everything's better and the sun is shining again, now God can use that to help someone else. I believe that's true. But I also believe it's true that God can use you in the middle of your hardest Deepest pain and hardest, deepest adversities, right? Um, These are the stories of cancer patients who lead their nurses and their doctors to know Jesus, right? They don't know how much more time they have, but in the middle of their hardest season, they pause for long enough and go, All right, God, who can I help? Like, how can I be used in this season? I don't want to miss an opportunity. And so I think if we back out and ask those three questions uh, What's in my control? How can I grow from this? Who can I help because of this? What we find is that our seasons of adversity can actually be really good, and we also are able to experience what James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote in James 1, 2 through 4, where he said, "Um, consider it pure joy when you face trials of any kind; that you can literally be joyful about the pain and the adversity that comes your way, because the end result is perseverance, and perseverance will lead to a mature and complete faith. So I've said a lot, Um, (laughs) those are the questions.
0: No, that is awesome. I think as I'm hearing you talk, it's almost like if I were to summarize it, I'd say when we take a different perspective, more of a eternal perspective, looking at the circumstances that we find ourselves in, if we like can get our brains to think more like our savior thinks, then then that helps us uh, to do those three things that you said.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely
0: that's really profound. I would encourage you guys maybe to go back and rewind that and play it again because I think there was so much truth in there. Uh, Tell me, what are the benefits for, for parents and students when they ask better questions like these ones?
1: Yeah. I think the end result are a couple of things. One, it's more peace. Um, This is what Paul writes in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. And when you do, you receive the peace of Christ that will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So what Paul is saying in that scripture is exactly what we're talking about in the question, what's in my control, right? Um, you release the things that are concerning you to God. You do the things that are in your control. And Paul says that's a recipe to more peace. So I think asking the right questions will lead to more peace. Um, how can I grow from this? Asking that question is going to lead to maturity. Um, mm-hmm. Not only is it going to lead to maturity, it's going to lead to trust, right? Because when you see that God has brought good out of a hard situation before, you can trust that he's going to do it again, right? Uh, so that's going to that's gonna lead to more trust. And then the last question, who can I help because of this? Um, that's going to lead to purpose. It's going to lead to more purpose and more fulfillment in life. And I think when we can look at our hardest seasons and realize that they could be used for the good of somebody else, it now brings purpose to the reason we've gone through that. And now it makes that not feel as sour and it takes away some of the sting when we realize like, yeah, that was, that was hard for me, but it was hard for me and it, was, it allowed me to help other people. Um, and if you look at the life of Joseph, it's interesting. All of his adversity, which is what the, base, the book is based out of, um, leads to this moment at the end of his story where he says, you intended to harm me, but God meant it for good to accomplish what is now being done, saving of many lives. And so at the end of Joseph's life, he can say, all of my adversity led to purpose. So I think peace uh maturity and trust and then purpose are the end results of asking the right questions.
0: Those are so good and so relevant I think for for the students who are listening. I mean, if I rem- I know it was a while ago, but when I think about when I was a teenager, those were all things that I wanted uh to be characteristics of me. I wanted to have peace, I wanted to be mature and I wanted to have purpose. And so, yeah, those are great great questions and great results from them. How can let's get a little bit practical for parents and students, how can they get more on the same page about this? Do you have any tips about maybe questions or activities or things that they can do together to spur each other on in this way?
1: Yeah. So I think adversity is uh, is common language for everyone. And what I mean okay. by that is everyone goes through adversity, but it looks different in different seasons, right? And so what feels like adversity for a 40-year-old parent, is not the same thing that feels like adversity for a 16-year-old high school girl, right?
0: Yeah, totally. So
1: I think one is understanding neither of our situations should be discredited. Neither of us can look at the other person and go, oh, that's not that big a deal. Because whatever the season is, is real to us. And it's a challenge to us. It's an obstacle to us. And we're trying to figure out how to navigate it. So I think one, being able to have honest and open conversation about, hey, mom or dad, or hey, kids. This is a season of adversity for us. This is what's going on in our family that we usually try to protect you from these conversations, but you should just know we're navigating this and trying to figure it out as a family. Or, hey, mom and dad, like I had an argument with a friend, and now I have a friend group who's really frustrated with me, and I'm like trying to avoid them in the halls at school, and I don't know how to make this all work, and this is a season of adversity for me, and I'm trying to figure out how to navigate it. And then together as a family to come back to those three questions, right? So to sit down with your, your teenager, to sit down with your parents and go, okay, well, well, what's in our control in this? What can we actually do? And then what do we need to pray about together and release to God? Um, mm-hmm. How can we grow from this? How can we get better individually? How can we get better as a family? What have you learned from this situation with your friends? Or what are we learning as a family through the adversity we're going through? And then to ask the question, who could we help because of this, right? Like maybe as a family, we're going to go to a shelter together once a month and volunteer. Or we're going to go to a soup kitchen and, and serve in light of the circumstance that we're going through. So I think as a family, if you can, one, just identify that we're all going through something, have honest conversation about it, and then ask those through questions together, um, I think it allows us to bond together in a unique way and then also serve together in a unique way as well.
0: Oh my goodness. I love all of what you just said. And for our listeners, if that is a process that you go through, we would love to hear about it. I'll pass those stories on to Gerald and let him know. But I think that would be so useful, especially in a season like this, where we're piling disappointments on top of disappointments and we're piling struggles on top of struggles. And so, uh, yeah, just that is, that is gold right there. Hello. Gerald, I want our listeners to be able to know where they can find you, where they can find the book. So tell us, how can we, how can we connect with you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, On all social media platforms, it's at Gerald Fatiomi. You will never be able to spell my name, so you can just forget that. Uh, If you go to thelemonbook.com, thelemonbook.com, you can find how you can connect with me. You can find access to purchase the book. You'll be able to find the video course that I mentioned earlier with uh, how to navigate seasons of adversity and battle anxiety with myself and Hannah. You'll also find three free exercises for navigating adversity and battling anxiety that Hannah and I've put together as well. So go to thelemonbook.com and we can stay connected.
0: Super. And we will also include links to all of that in the show notes and hopefully a picture of your cutie twin girls.
1: Come on, definitely.
0: All right. Sounds good. Because the show is Lively Conversations, I'm giving you three blanks. For me today, blank is life, blank is life, and blank is life. So what is life for you today?
1: For me today, Red Bull is life. (laughs) (laughs) I have two-month-old crying babies 24-7, and I have not slept in two months. So Red Bull, uh, family is life. We've just had some really sweet moments where we're all in the living room together on the couch, and our girls are actually calm for a little bit. And my wife Mm -hmm. and I just look at each other and we go, how is this possible? Like, how is this our life right now? Um, And then I think my third answer is always going to be an answer, Jesus is life. And the reality of the season that we're we're in right now is it's been really hard for the last couple of months, um, but we've been able to find peace and joy. And we've just been able to navigate it well because we know that our Savior is with us. I don't know how people get through hard times without having Jesus in their equation. And so... Yeah, that's it for me. Red Bull, my family, Jesus.
0: Perfect. Love it. There you go. Let's ask better questions that lead us to peace. That lead us to maturity and that lead us to purpose. When he started talking about that purpose part and saying that we've come we often feel like we need to have everything all finished and wrapped with a bow before we can serve other people, that just hit me so hard because we are in a messy middle. And there are so many things about what we're going through now and just life, where you know, when you know your own inner world, you know your own story. There's a lot of times that keeps us from actually like helping other people. And so it just reminded me that God can use me just how I am. Like a little boy who brought him five loaves and two fishes and he was able to feed many people with that little gift. I thought that was so um, that was so helpful to where I am today. Maybe you got something different out of it and I hope you did. I hope that you got something that really spoke to where, I, where you are in this season. Be sure to grab Gerald's book, which is When Life Gives You Lemons. The book is written for anyone who has, is, or will face adversity, and it's going to serve as a guide to help you navigate it well. Paul and Timothy wrote a letter to the Jesus followers in Philippi. At the end, they were giving some big brotherly advice for some arguments, worries, and discouragement that they were facing. That sounds like adversities to me. Here's one thing they shared. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. With that in mind, here's this week's big question for you to discuss together. Which of the three questions, what's in my control, how can I grow because of this, or who can help me because of this, is the hardest for you to ask today. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week at The Table. Peace.